Hello, and welcome back to the Self Healer Soundboard. Last week, we recorded an episode on adult bullying. This was a direct request from you, the viewer, to open up a conversation about the experience of adult bullying and how to navigate it. Upon completion of that episode, we got in conversation with ourselves and realized that a piece that felt missing was really the highlight on our own role of bullying when we subconsciously or consciously become the bully ourselves, which leads us into being dishonest, representing ourselves dishonestly and using lies or manipulation as a way to control a perceived situation, which also happens to be another direct request from you, the viewer, which was to do an episode specifically on lying as perception management. So we are continuing a conversation on last week and taking a new route to focus on why we lie or are dishonest to control a situation. I think before we even kind of speak to the sharing of inaccurate or lies by omission, I think that's another really common one that comes up um, before we talk about delivering, right? That inaccurate or that untruth to someone else. I think it's important to first focus this conversation on how honest we're being with ourselves. So even imagining, you know, how simple or easier it was for both you and I during the recording of that episode, not to allow into our consciousness all of the different moments that I'll just emit for myself right now, that I too have acted um, in, a, in a bullying way. And what I'm kind of inferencing here or, or acknowledging here is that sometimes we're not fully you know, honest with ourselves because allowing that thought into consciousness where I would then speak that truth of these moments where you know I've acted in a indirect or directly manipulative, threatening, domineering, all of the ways that we defined bullying on last episode way, that would mean me admitting that truth to myself first and feeling all the different ways that, you know, I might feel seeing that aspect of myself, seeing that perspective, hearing others experience of me in that way. So I think there's a lot to say when we begin a conversation around lying about how so often we're not fully honest with ourselves. We omit um, the word I think in psychology that often comes to mind around this is we deny, we suppress. We don't even really let ourselves really simply be aware of that truth because if we were, then we would feel all of the different type of ways we feel seeing ourselves, experiencing ourselves in this new way. And of course, when we're talking about bullying, um, that could bring up some really, really difficult feelings, especially for those of us who have been on the other side of it too. I've noticed over the years that so many of us are fearing, and myself included, fearing these external realities or these external people and situations as if all of the fear and chaos is out there. When ultimately what I've noticed and what I've personally noticed for myself is the thing that I'm actually most fearful of is viewing the truth of myself. The depth of my own healing, my own transformation, creating a life that I have designed is going to be directly correlated to my willingness to see the truth about myself, all of my habits, conditioning, behavior, my subconscious autopilot, and those knee-jerk reactions that are so ingrained in me because they are the environment that I was developed in, that I grew up in. Until I peel back and can look myself in the mirror and depersonalize those things and not assign all of this shame or meaning or judgment and just look at myself objectively 
if I can't do that, then I don't have anywhere to begin. I don't have a foundation to go forward on or any real board to work on. So I think it's always important, and I'll interject this here now, for that self-compassion, that self-love. If at any point in our conversations, you notice that voice of shame come in or that critical, that inner critic and that judgment just reading comments from our last episode, uh, one of you were typing and sharing, as I'm listening to you guys speak, I'm watching my body get so defensive. And I can imagine that tightness in your chest or however that showed up for you. And this viewer in particular said, you know, I'm getting so defensive as I'm listening to you talk and I'm not sure why. I don't know why. And that curiosity is golden because this person was able to sit in that curiosity and the next sentence expressed gratitude for the episode, for them being able to sit in this embodiment and immersion of what their body is trying to tell them. So I offer that here to turn down the volume of that inner critic and that voice of shame. The goal is not to obliterate it and have it disappear. It is there in an attempt to serve you and serve a purpose. So our empowered choice is now in the present moment to turn the volume down on it and to consciously be cultivating by choice, moment to moment, that voice of self-love, of self-compassion, and finally for once, giving ourselves the love of a wise inner parent and giving us the nurture that we very likely haven't gotten our entire lives, which is why we've ended up being and doing a lot of the, the things that we do and the ways that we are. What you're, you're saying here, Jenna, is really quite profound. Um, and as always, I want to acknowledge the, the process um, of getting to that space, which really begins first in, in creating that separation and even being able to be, like you're saying, the observer of these habits, these patterns, these ways of being that, again, most for most of us were adaptations to our early environment. And I'm offering that here um, because without that separation, like you were describing earlier, so many of us just become fused. They become our identity, all of these repeated thoughts, beliefs, feelings that most of us, again, have been recycling from, from childhood. And until we learn how to separate and be objective to even ourselves internally, and see those habits as separate from us, it becomes really hard to, I think, expand into that compassion. And here's where obviously other humans um, around or to whom we struggle to be honest with others, um, this is where it becomes really difficult and also helpful because someone else, an outside observer, already has that objectivity. They're much less subjective than ourselves. So Having been on the receiving end of, of loved ones um, with Lolly and yourself, seeing and offering um, your perspectives about me, about my reactions um, to anything and everything, that can help. Because without that vantage point, I'm only left to see the world as I've once seen it. So to speak to that point of curiosity, right? it might mean getting curious, um, not only internally, and when we begin to observe our own habits and patterns, but when we begin to hear from other people a different experience of ourselves without just demanding that they're wrong or becoming defensive immediately, it might be just getting curious and asking a bit more of what they mean, how it was that they experienced you in this way, what led to this perspective of you. So again, curiosity, I think absolutely is part of the journey um, as is separation and creating that ability to become 
that vantage point, become that objective observer when we can truly view these habits as adaptations and not who we truly are. You hear us say this often, that curiosity in the moment, like you just beautifully described, you know, I'm in a heated argument with someone maybe, and maybe it's my partner. We'll say it's Nicole for this example. She bestows something on me about how I'm acting that really irks me in that moment. I don't agree with it. Now, in that moment, if my nervous system is dysregulated, I have much less of a window of opportunity to pause, take a breath, and choose how I'm going to respond and say, Nicole, I don't agree with that. Tell me more about that. That's very unlikely to come out of my mouth if my physical body, if my nervous system is in this chaotic, dysregulated state. So this question comes up so much, and I want to emphasize that that moment of pause in response to that trigger, the work there to widen that window, to regulate that, is done outside of that moment. It's getting adequate sleep, hydrating, moving your body, being in sunlight, being in nature, listening to music, spending time with your inner child, maybe tapping into play if that's new for you. You could literally Google nervous system regulation and you will get thousands upon thousands of offerings that you can incorporate throughout your day. And it's really important for us to continue emphasizing that because that's the goal, right? Everyone wants to be able to have that pause. That pause is going to come when your nervous system is regulated and your nervous system needs consistent regulation outside of those moments of trigger. So to kind of map this part of the conversation, which is completely foundational, Jenna, on to lying, sometimes in those moments of heated nervous system dysregulation, when I'm feeling threatened, lying is the only way to, to keep me safe. I don't have access to that truth telling. Um, again, I'm really simplifying it. Part of our, our brain in those moments. So having compassion for ourselves for all of the moments where we felt that lying or misrepresenting or saying that, no, we didn't do that thing that you're accusing me of, or it wasn't said in that tone. Um, you're wrong. I'm defending myself. Really understanding that in those really acute moments of dysregulation for many of us, lying, averting the truth, omitting it, telling a completely different tall tale might have been the only way at some earlier time that we were able to keep ourselves safe. So as always happens in that moment of dysregulation, when our emotional brain or our limbic system takes over, those are often the only choices that we have at hand to lie, to misrepresent ourselves or the circumstances or our intention or what we said or did or whatever it is in order to create that safety. So it is outside of all of those moments where we then regain that part of our brain that might even have that ability to hear that hard truth, to let it settle in and to then shift out of your own perspective. You might not have meant that to be true. Of course, you might not have. However, that might be the reality of what has happened. And again, that only becomes possible when our nervous system is in that state to receive that information. I personally feel that as adults, we've experienced being on both sides of the fence. We've experienced being lied to, and we have experienced ourselves lying to others. So for the sake of getting the most out of this episode, whether your day has gone by or your day is ahead of you, 
You can either reflect back on your day or night or keep this in your forefront as you go into your day or evening and begin to observe where you notice your own inkling or natural response to lie, even about something mundane, even these little white lies, as we call them. Begin to put that filter on and just start to notice when you perceive yourself being lied to, you'll notice that and feel that in your body if you're paying attention and begin to put the focus on yourself. Where do you go to say that little white lie of why you're not going to call someone back? Instead of just inserting the truth or maybe saying nothing at all, this is a great space for us to just pay attention to all of the little ways we've been so conditioned in a society where lying is just normal. And in a lot of ways, it's really acceptable. I'm giggling as I'm hearing you say this, Jenna, remembering um, the many different moments where actually my mom and I would collude together um, to come up with usually the grand lie around why I couldn't attend um, whether it was a birthday party for my friends growing up or a play engagement. Um, when I was quite young, I was really painfully, painfully shy. And I remember when peer age started and sleepovers started, I, I would get invited to them. Um, and I had a lot of fear in going. I never wanted to sleep over. And so there was a lot of moments where I had that invite looming in the distance. And, you know, I was very clear with my mom that I didn't want to go. Um, I think she was able to relate to me. And I have all these memories of the little white lies that my mom and I would come up with that would then be delivered to the invitee or the invitor, I should say, about why I couldn't attend. And, you know, thinking about white lies and how that kind of habit for me, not only telling others white lies or easier truths um, to handle um, throughout my teenage years, up through my young adult life, especially when it came to my family. Um, and those relationships, I lied often by omission. I was often described as so secretive, I never told anyone anything. And so my byway around telling my family truths that I imagined would upset them, worry them, whatever was going on in my life, I imagine would just add into the bucket of over already overwhelming stress of my household, I just stopped speaking. So I was able not to have to create a lie. And my family, actually, my parents particularly, had that space. I never really demanded to know where I was going, who I was with. I had a lot of freedom that I could tell them very limited amounts of information. But I just wanted to bring that up because I think a lot of times outside of little white lies and all the different reasons we do that, I think to couch truths, um, not to be fully honest. And when we imagine we might upset someone, a lot of us lie by omission or create a distance, a secretiveness um, where we don't necessarily maybe even have to lie. We just leave things out. And so many of us can have a big bucket. I know I had my whole life that I was just selectively leaving out to those closest to me. This term lying by omission has come up a couple of times in conversation here, and it deserves a moment to be illuminated because it this is kind of a gray area, right? Where you can yeah, lie by omission. Well, you're just kind of going to ghost someone or in those situations in high school, as mm -hmm. you were referencing, you know, you just sort of let it be though. The energy of that communication is still there. It's still, uh, now it's withheld. It is truth that is now omitted. We start to slip into this naturally, even in our conversations in the last episode on bullying, I noticed at the end of it, I said, Nicole, you know, the elephant in the room is that that whole time, I was filtering my own thoughts. I was policing my own thoughts and getting worried, oh, should I leave this out because cancel culture is going to come on the other side? And at this point, we've had a couple of years of practice, and we know that 
opposition and disagreement is always going to be there. And I do welcome that polarity because that can be really enriching and really create dynamic conversations. So we start to teeter on this fine line then when we say, okay, well, we could just let something be, or then I'm going to actually lie by omitting. I'm going to let it be, but the energy of lying and withholding is still there. So then what do we do then? And to speak to your point about a gray area, I, I do hope um, that all of you listening or viewing um, aren't hearing this as we need to be a completely open book and share every thought that goes through our mind, every feeling, because I necessarily don't think that's true either. Um, what boundaries are, are, you know, our safe space. And the reality of it is we not might not feel fully safe, comfortable, or want to share full truths, our entire aspect of being kind of just open ourselves up vulnerably and fully to someone else. So to speak to your point about this grayness of this area, it really is up to us as individuals to feel our way into the aspects of ourself that we're comfortable with sharing. Just because we know a deeper truth about ourselves doesn't mean that that truth's appropriate um, or necessary to speak in all of our different relationship contexts. So it's really individually feeling our way into those relationships or finding our way into. And I think one of the biggest kind of seeds for the creation of the holistic or up. One of the biggest seeds that we planted for the creation of the self-healer circle was for that community of people that you can feel a bit safer with to be vulnerable. Um, another area that I want to speak to that I think also involves this grayness is around this, this concept of white lies um, and how we deliver certain truths. And speaking from my own personal experience and my journey creating boundaries, separating from some of my longest term relationships was part of it. As I began to see all of the different ways those relationships didn't serve me, they just kind of continued me cycling in those older, not as adaptive behaviors. I wasn't my true self. And I really did want to begin to find people that I aligned with to be my true self. So really simply what that meant for me was creating distance, creating space, um, separating myself, self, spending less time with certain people and relationships that I had carried by that point for decades of my life. And so I was met with in those moments, the opportunity to be fully truthful and to say to these people, you know, that things aren't feeling aligned for me. Um, and if I'm being honest, I didn't speak those direct truths to certain people because I worried and was concerned about how they would land, um, how they would receive me saying that, you know, it's it's not you, it's me. Um, and there's just something that doesn't feel good or aligned about this relationship anymore. My concern was they would hear it as shameful criticism that, you know, I was kind of deeming the way they were continuing their life to be dysfunctional or inappropriate. And none of that was true. I was just seeing how those relationships weren't in alignment. So speaking as someone who, you know, up until recently at times does couch truths, does figure out ways to deliver messages that maybe isn't the full reality for me, um, but still is the it serves the intention, creates the space or the distance that I need. Because if I'm being honest, speaking some of these truths to people that you've had relationships with and still have care and concern and even love for is really, really painfully difficult. Sometimes it genuinely feels like your bones are rattling, at least for me. I know discovering my own truths first and really 
spending actual time with myself to get clear on my own non-negotiables, my own boundaries that I will or will not let be crossed, my own values, getting clear first on me, who I am, who I get to say that I am, because each of us has full say over who we are and the choices that we make. It takes me getting clear on that before I then can even articulate that to the world around me or even think about how I'm going to go about rearranging things or being honest in relationships so that I can have a life in alignment. Because truly, if there's something so unhealthy or so out of alignment with yourself in relationship to another being... If you're both being honest with yourselves and your souls, if there's something off there for you, there's got to be something off there that is not serving the highest self of the other person. And there is a way to actually express ourselves workably and amicably. But before we can do that, we have to spend time getting clear on our own truths, being truthful with ourselves about when we do lie or when we do notice that tendency to lie without shaming ourselves and just getting curious about why we have that default. What is that lie trying to protect us from? What is it trying to control so that we don't have to face or be in fear of? The more we can get curious about ourselves, our own responses, our own truth, only then are we able to then bring our truthful self into an integration with the rest of the world. And then ultimately we practice, we practice speaking truths, maybe not the deepest, darkest, most vulnerable thing you could share with someone first. Maybe it's just those small moments where you, you know, you don't necessarily stay where you say where you stopped off after work, or you don't necessarily be honest that you're not really interested in that plan that's being offered to you. Um, start with those small moments because those moments not only will they give you practice in speaking the truth, they'll give you confirmation oftentimes of this fear and whether or not it's even grounded in reality. Because so many of us are fearing things from maybe past reality, past experiences. And so quite naturally, our brain assumes that will be the next outcome. And not always is that the case. And we might surprise ourselves. Our relationships might surprise us. As we speak smaller and smaller truths, as we show ourselves that alignment, things might not come crashing down. We might not be left as we fear we might be by this person. They might be able to tolerate our truths more than we expect them to. And then over time, we'll give ourselves the confidence to begin to dive into those deeper, darker, more vulnerable aspects of us that we do want to share truthfully with another person. The confidence and that self trust. Most of us are living, fearing our past and in that fear, actually bringing our past into the present and then lying to perceive <laughs> something because there's no trust when in reality, what we're actually not trusting is ourselves because our body is living as if ourself is still locked in that unsafe past. And when we think about it in these cyclical thoughts, our past is here in the present. My body is responding as if it's stuck in the past. So I have to actually drop into my body and create that safety with myself and create that self-trust with myself. If I can't be honest to myself, then I can't do the healing work of being honest in my outward expression with the world or in having honest relationships. So 
as always, like every episode, this circles back to ourselves, developing and cultivating that relationship with ourself, making small promises to ourselves, and then following through on them. That might be as simple as drinking water before you have your coffee in the morning or tucking yourself into bed 20 minutes earlier tonight. Whatever that small promise is for you, as minute as possible, so that you can get the consistency of follow through, that's going to build that muscle of self-trust with yourself, where you'll actually start to trust yourself in being able to look at the truth, which will unfold in being able to outwardly speak and be the truth. As always, we appreciate you tuning in, you watching, you listening, and your curiosity. Um, Even these last two episodes really came directly from this ongoing communication that I truly feel like we have here on the soundboard with all of you community members. So we're listening, whether or not you're listening on our YouTube channel, on any of the podcast platforms, um, coming to our Instagram page, dropping us comments, leaving us interest, any curiosity, any questions that are coming to mind. And of course, sharing with us your experience as you begin to explore lies in your own current life as you find your way towards your own truth to share with the world. As always, thank you for tuning in and looking forward to continuing our conversation with you on next episode.